You ready? Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and always informative weekly blog. There you'll read, learn, and may comment about her life as a 21st century wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, son. Great. This show began as a calling. After four decades of running a small business called Arkansas Flag and Banner, a.k.a. flagandbanner.com, since 1995. That's a long time ago. I felt I had something to share with other people. I wanted to create a platform for not just me, but other business owners and successful people and interesting people to pay forward their experiential knowledge in a conversational way. Originally, my team and I thought we'd be teaching others, but it didn't take long before we realized the person's learning was us. Listening to our guests has been both educational and inspiring. To quote the Dalai Lama, When you talk, you are only repeating what you already know. But if you listen, you may learn something new. The act of listening is learning. A Greek philosopher, Diogenes, wrote, We have two ears and one tongue, so that we may listen more. After listening to over 150 successful people, I've learned that many of my guests believe in a higher power, have the heart of a teacher, and are creative at building their lives and their careers. Before we start, I want to let you know if you miss any part of today's show, want to hear it again or share it, there's a way, and Gray will tell you how. Listen to all UYYB past and present interviews by going to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy's YouTube channel, Facebook page, ArkansasOnline.com, FlagandBanner.com's website, or subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen by searching Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. And if you would like to receive timely email notifications about each week's upcoming guests, go to flagandbanner.com, click Radio Show, and join the email list. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you, Gray. It was April the 24th, 2018, that the Arkansas Repertory Theater shocked the city of Little Rock by announcing it was suspending production, citing financial difficulties. For months, the citizens held their breath and awaited while a $2.3 million fundraising campaign was launched to save Arkansas's longest-running nonprofit theater. Ten months later, in January of 2019, the Arkansas Repertory Theater announced Mr. William Trice would begin serving at summer's end as its new executive artistic director. A sigh of relief could be heard across the state of Arkansas. (laughs) Known by many, Will is an Arkansas native who understands his audience. He is also a big-time New York City Broadway producer who has won three Tony Awards and been nominated for five more. And just to make him an even more perfect candidate for the job of saving this Arkansas treasure, Trice has prior work experience as a business analyst for the management consulting firm McKenzie & Company. It is a pleasure to welcome to the table the state's own, ambitious, accomplished, new executive artistic director of the Arkansas Repertory Theater, Mr. William Trice. Savior! Oh my God, you gotta stop that now. (laughs) 
Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. You probably grew up performing in the Arkansas Repertory Theater. I a little bit, not a lot. Um, not until um, high school did I actually ever perform there. The first time was uh, was actually in the Gridiron. My family was involved a lot in the Gridiron, and uh, at, at a certain point in the Gridiron's history, it began to be hosted by the rep. And the Gridiron is what the Lawyers Association does. Yeah, the, it, it was the it was put Bar on by the Bar Association to raise money and and you know to skewer local Spoof. politicians and judges and uh, and my family was always a big part of that. And so I really grew up just playing backstage and in the storage areas of the building while they were all rehearsing. Actually, when I was in middle school, they had me on as a little cameo playing uh, Dan Quayle. Um, yeah, it was during the um, during that kind of period. And then on the actual kind of rep stage, when I was in high school, I was in a production of uh, Lost in Yonkers. Um, but that was really my only kind of performance experience there. I call that growing up in that theater. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, so let's speak about your mom and dad. I just met you today, about an hour, about 30 minutes ago. But I know your mom and dad. They have a legacy here in Little Rock. Yeah, the theater people. for sure. And yeah, very, I think, active in the in the local theater community, which is is, is a very kind of thriving community. Judy Trice. Uh, Judy Trice. And you're named after your father, I guess. Yep. Yep. I'm Will. He was Bill. Um, he was a he was an attorney, um, but also kind of very active, kind of avocational performer. That's why you were in the gridiron because he was an attorney. Absolutely. And then your mother's theater. And then my mother. Um, well, she started out in uh, broadcasting, actually, um, and was on Channel Seven here before I was born. She did the weather. She had like a noon show. There was like a dance party show at one point. There was a show called the Vic Ames Show. Yeah. And she was like the co-host of that and would sing on it and stuff. Um, this was all, yeah, way pre-me. And then um, she wound up going back to school and became a teacher. And she taught at Hall High School. And she taught drama for a long time. A, a drama teacher, not a mm -hmm. music teacher? She taught drama for a long time. And then she moved over to English. And then she retired in the mid-90s, but has continued to act in movies and at the rep and at other theaters in town. So I met her because of the work that she does at... Um, Arkansas Interfaith Conference Choir Camp. Yeah. Choir Camp. Mm -hmm. Yeah, summer choir camp. For sure. I grew up going there, too. And that's how I met your mother, because she was always... I think she was always playing the piano. Yeah. Your mother's in theater, but you did not look like to me that you went to school for theater. No. no. You, go to, you went to Southern Methodist and Northwestern University. What did you study? In undergrad, I studied music. Oh, you did? I was a business minor and also a theater minor, I guess. Um, so you did study? Yeah. Um, but then right Aren't those right and left brains? I'm, I'm not getting that. That's the fun part. It's kind of going back and forth between the two. But I didn't go into it at all, at, into the arts. After school, I sort of went right into corporate America. That was at McKinsey, like you mentioned. And McKinsey had a big customer. Opera? I was in their Dallas office, and they were they did while I was there got to do some pro bono work for the Dallas Opera. Um, I wound up working for the Met later. Ah. Um, but uh, yeah, that was as an analyst to for them. Uh, sort. I was in the I was in the artistic department. Just kind of. So when we come back, we're going to take a really quick break. But when we come back, we are going to find out all about um, how you became a Tony Award winning producer on Broadway 
how you ended up in New York City. Then I want to hear about the day that you came home, that you heard that you were going to come home and the day you decided and what went through your mind when you decided to do that. We'll come back. We'll continue our conversation with Mr. Will Trice, Executive Artistic Director for the Arkansas Repertory Theater in downtown Little Rock. More to come. We'll be right back. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. Come and shop in our unique gift store. Tis the season to be jolly. We've got flags and poles and so much more. Dawn, we now are gay apparel. Patriotic clothes and home decor. Troll the ancient yuletide carol. We've got just what you are looking for. Come to flagandbanner.com for all of your Christmas decorations and gifts. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30, and Saturday, 10 to 4. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Will Trice, Executive Artistic Director for the Arkansas Repertory Theater in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. And that theater is the longest-running nonprofit theater in Arkansas. So Will told us before the break that he sort of grew up in that theater. You're living in New York City. Tell me about the day that you heard about the Rips Troubles and you decided you might apply for the job or how it came about that you were going to apply for the job it was actually like very gradual um there wasn't like a day when it sort of happened uh, i remember where i was the day that it had that i found out the rep was closing yeah i, I re- well i certainly remember hearing the news um, and being you know very kind of shocked and concerned i didn't start talking with them until later and in that context it was very much a is there anything i can do to help do you want to send me some financials to look at do you want you know uh but just kind of a very general conversation with uh with cliff baker and uh with uh, ruth shepherd who's the board chair and cliff's the founder and cliff founding artistic director um and this was prior to his very unfortunate unexpected passing and then i think kind of that conversation started to shift as we kept talking uh towards this well are you going to come run it <laughs> kind of thing you know it took a bit to to fully consider that and talk to my husband about it and we had already had sort of vague plans to to move uh, to leave new york and uh try something new in life and, but not to and arkansas work. Uh, but it wasn't going to be here so you know talk it over and you know this opportunity comes up and opportunity uh, to sort of about making sure that your your hometown you know stays thriving and has a good quality of life and what did he say when you said, honey, I've got a job offer in Arkansas. Where's he from? New York? He's from Austin, actually. Oh, so that's not too far. Yeah, yeah, no. And, you know, he, he's uh, he's always liked it here, and we've, we've always had a lot of friends here and family oh, here and stuff. But it was definitely a, so I'm having this phone call. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but just planting this idea in your head. First thing you said was no? No. Uh, it was just a, there's no nothing on the table right now. I'm just saying, like, there's a conversation happening and it was like okay and then like a couple of weeks later i sort of said again so i'm having another one of those conversations and so that process was a very gradual one as well until i think we finally both um and i think the rep on their side kind of all sort of got more comfortable with the idea of it and excited about the idea of it they probably weren't planning on you to do to come back either. That, like you said, it's probably an evolution. It's kind of like destiny. You start you start talking about can I help with the financials because you're an a- business analyst. Right. Exactly. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, why are we looking anywhere else? Did you tell your husband that Little Rock is the new Austin? <laughs> Give us time. <laughs> it is. Watch, 
do, do we not, really want that kind of uh, no. pr- uh, cost of living increase? I don't know. Uh, you know, it really is, though. The music here is really good. Oh, yeah. Always uh, has been. Uh, so what when you got those financials and you're looking at what was the biggest hurdle? What's the rep's biggest hurdle? Uh, well, it was then and uh, what it is now. Um, we have significant operating costs every year just to run. And um, if you think about business expenses for any kind of business sort of falling into either the categories of capital investments or running costs. When was the last time the rep raised their ticket price? Uh, well, when I came. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know before that. Uh, Thank, uh, probably never. You know, I say we raise, we raise, we raise certain prices, and we lowered other prices to try to do what you do with pricing, which is to encourage good buying patterns. If your cost of goods are going up, your salaries are going up, mm-hmm. your cost of doing business is going up. How can you not raise prices every year to keep up with that? You can't go to the movie theater for the price that you can go to the rep and see a live performance. That's right, uh, and. But but I would say, you know, kind of the definition of pricing strategy, it, it can never be cost-based. Um, if we actually priced our tickets at, at what it costs to put it on, they'd be, I don't know, 150 200 a yep. ticket. Um, right. They'd be like what they are in New York, which are for-profit theater ventures, right? Like, Why can't that's what you do I was that? doing. Well, because what pricing really is is market-based. It's what the market will, will, will shoulder and, and how many people here would come, would be able to come. Um, I mean, even our prices the way they are now are not accessible to everyone. But um, I think even your sort of average entertainment buyer here isn't going to spend that kind of money to go to the theater. I think everybody in town, we have like seven theaters in town. It's kind of crazy how many theaters there are. Um, But everybody in town sets their theater prices around what the rep sets their theater prices. And it's hurting them. Yeah. Whatever your price is, that's what everybody else is going to set it at to me we should have a long conversation after this show to talk about why can't you have a hundred dollar ticket price and make it very elitist and then give tickets away that's a way to approach it but i think what happens instead and what kind of the traditional way of approaching it is is you sort of set your average ticket price at a at a point that you you know you think that the, the market will allow uh, and you make up for the difference in the cost with contributions. With contributions. And uh, I think for a, a healthy institutional theater like um, like the Rep to run, it's about a 50-50 split. That's what I was going to I was going to ask you that. So it's 50% of your income comes comes from should should come from ticket sales and 50% of your income should come from private donations. And this is very these are very general mm-hmm. kind of rules of thumb. Every theater is different, every market's different. Concession doesn't do anything. We do a little bit um, and uh, I think there's kind of actually room to grow there, but it's on the margin. Cliff Baker, is this his vision? Who started in 1976. Yeah. Is is this his vision? What's his vision? You got to speak with him before he passed this year. Sure. So what what was his vision? Uh, For the the theater in general? Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was to have quality, professional, vibrant, engaging theater year-round. What's the name of the genre that you're the is it is it a professional is it amateur is it we are we are professional it's a professional theater. Uh, is it the only professional theater in the state of arkansas besides n- the walton arts center maybe no no that's not uh, a theater. and there are actually you could you know so 
different definitions of professional. If you pay anyone anything, you could you could say that it's sort of a professional theater. But uh, we are a, another way you could look at it is we are a union house. Um, theater is a very union driven industry, uh, and there are three of those that are sort of big union theaters. Um, Argen- actually, four. Argenta. Uh, no, Argenta is a community theater. Okay. Um, and I, I think they do pay certain uh, a certain amount, but um, it is it's, it's for the most part local and community based. So the Robinson. So Robinson's a different beast altogether. Wow. Yeah. So, What's but that so, so the ones, so the ones kind of in kind of in our category, the, the ones closest to us would be Theater Squared up in Fayetteville, uh, and the Arkansas Shakespeare um, Theater in Conway. Uh, we're all equity houses. There's also Murray's. Then there's a good number of great community theaters. Some of which hire, you know, will bring in a couple of professional artists to to work with um, local amateur artists and um so yeah so those, those can look a lot of community ways. and then what's robinson considered so robins is a is a you could say is a is a presenting organization instead of a producing one touring groups come there and they give them a stage to perform on. that's right so it, it's a company out of tulsa called celebrity attractions um, and they have a, a series of uh, broadway tours that come and then robinson is that is the venue and Celebrity Attractions is the is the company that that, makes that, that presents them. A presenting. Every time I think about you leaving New York City, I think, how could you do that? So leaving New York had to be hard. You were talking about no, I don't know. no. Uh, I was there. And you for, had such an accomplished career there. Yeah, and uh, I was there for fifteen years, and I, I did you know particularly in those last ten when I was working in producing uh, were great. Um, but I think also you. You accomplish, you know, one of your lifelong dreams, and then you go, okay, well, now what? Do you want to just kind of keep doing that again and again, or do you just want to do something different? Do you want to live somewhere different? Do you want to have a different kind of quality of life and just a different kind of experience? You had nearly 30 productions on Broadway and were nominated and and won three Tony Awards. How do you find out when you're nominated for Tony Tony Award? Do they call you? They send you an email? It's they a, text there's you? a press conference. You sit happens. there and watch the press conference. Yeah. You're just sitting you don't know before that happens. Nope. And so what did you do? Like wet your pants when they name your name? The, the, the first time. <laughs> well, I mean they don't they don't name my name. Uh, I, I won those in the context of producing so that you it takes a village. Uh, so it's it's really the show that wins the Tony and, and What the, was the show? My first one was for uh, the Gershwin's Porgy and Bess. Uh, and then for uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf, which was well, originated at the Steppenwolf in oh, Chicago. Yeah, sure, Steppenwolf um, Theater. And then All the Way. Uh, which was about LBJ with uh, Brian Cranston. So you're sitting in the audience. So okay, that's how you find out. You're sitting in the audience. Or you're it. watching it, or you, or actually, you just you can also just wait for the the blogs to update. And and your friend and all of you. That, how many producers are on a play? Uh, it varies dramatically, uh, and there's kind of different meanings to producing. Mm. What um, was your meaning? Uh, I was. Uh, kind of the associate lead producer on all of those. I was the junior partner in a lead producing office. We would be the ones that originate the projects. Uh, we literally form LLCs for each show. We get the rights to the material. We hire artists. We hire management. We hire accountants. We hire advertising agencies. Then we go about and raise the capital. And then you get the actors. The, the last thing casting. is to get the actors. The well, cast. actually, not. It's it's often... It's often one of the first things. You're not going to go forward unless you have, who's got the name unless you have a star. Often, 
and then we will raise the capital. And so there's producing that is is a little less. It's a little more passive. Um, sort of participation in the kind of day-to-day management of the of the show but you're also you're also a producer you're also sort of making it happen yeah um and uh, but it's a it's a little less passive so when you're in one of the lead producers you're we we're literally like all day every day like managing the show but you don't go out there and say stage left go to the right you don't you no, don't you no. don't tell the actors where to go no we're uh, you are we're, literally we're, we're desk producing. jockeys yeah. yes uh, you met james earl jones Yes. Tell me. Oh yeah, I mean, is he's, he just he's, awesome? he's amazing. He's he's everything you When he walks in a room, is expect. he just big? Is he just so He's very tall and big and uh everything's very deliberate. Oh <laughs> really? What he does. Even yes. in real life? Yeah, but uh uh but he's a absolutely lovely man with an absolutely lovely family. What about Candace Bergen? Oh, she was amazing. I I, I didn't really interact a ton with her. But I got kind of starstruck every time I was in a room with her. But she's very, she's she's incredibly intelligent and very she, and incredibly classy. And Carrie Washington uh, should be president because she's brilliant and and she's got this drive and magnetism and and you're like I I, I don't know she's you just she should be president. Are, are all stars like that when you're in the room with them? Do they all have these really big personalities that you can feel in the room or do they or do some just turn it on when they're on stage i think there is a there is a sort of phenomenon to celebrities right like they got to be that way for a reason and a lot of that's sort of what you bring to it right like if you didn't know who they were it's like it's the tree falling in the woods and no one was there so you know who knows because it's something that you bring to that experience like you're impressing on them you know al pacino (laughs) uh Sure. Very shy. Wow. Um, uh, very, very nice. Um, he seems like he just very, slit your wrist. No, no. He slit your throat on He's him. He's very kind of meek persona and very, very quiet. And then the last one I got to ask you about, Angela Lansbury. Like the dame. Just the dame. Class. Total class. And so smart. Oh, my God. Well, you've got to be smart to memorize the lines. Yeah. I can't even memorize a 30-second commercial. I have to have them stand over there with a cue card so I can read it. It's 30 <laughs> seconds. How can you do two hours? I mean, yeah, every day. Eight day, eight shows a week. All right, we got to take another break. It's time. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mr. Will Trice, Executive Artistic Director for the Arkansas Repertory Theater in downtown Little Rock. Arkansas Flag and Banner is proud to underwrite Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. McCoy began this broadcast with the intention of offering a mentoring platform for those with an entrepreneurial spirit. Through candid conversations and interesting interviews with business and community-minded Arkansans, listeners gain insight into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Carrie McCoy, founder and president of Arkansas Flag and Banner, believes in paying knowledge and experience forward and developed this radio show as a means of doing so. The biographies, life experiences, and wisdom of her guests would likely go unheard if not for this venue. Rarely do people open up for an hour to an audience about their life mistakes, triumphs, and pitfalls. This unique radio show allows the listener intimate access into the stories of prominent leaders in our state. 
I'm Adrienne McNally, manager of the Arkansas Flag and Banner Showroom and Gift Shop, located on the first floor of the historic DeBorean Hall on the corner of 9th and State Streets in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. In business for 43 years, we offer an old school shopping experience with front door parking, clerks to help you, and department store variety. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30, and Saturday, 10 to 4. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Mr. Will Trice, Executive Artistic Director for the Arkansas Repertory Theater in downtown Little Rock. So before the break, we talked about living in New York. We talked about how, how Will learned about the rep and how it just evolved and how he's following destiny and that life's just led him right back home. <laughs> Do people in New York know about the Repertory Theater? Does it have a good reputation? Uh, it does. Uh, it's it's because there's a you know, forty three year history of uh, being a uh, you know in the League of Resident Theaters, and uh, so yeah, I think it was known. I mean, it's not like right on the tip of everyone's tongue up there. It's not a uh, you know because it's just geographically not nearby. Uh, but yeah, sure. You know, we get some really great actors that come down here to the rep. I've seen some really great actors yeah. at the rep. And I've just thought, do those people know about the rep? Is that why they're coming down here? Because they've heard about it? I think we definitely have a good reputation among the uh, the actor community. We're sort of, I would say, at the, at the lower end of the pay scale mm-hmm. um, in terms of theaters. Who's so, the guy that did Les Rob that came down here and that sang that song so good? Oh, I don't know. Oh, that yes. was before me. I, he's come here a million times. Who is it, Gray? Oh, my gosh. That guy is quality. And he came and he did his last year. He was on tour and he came here. And I thought, that guy's all pro. Um, and he came to Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah. wait, And we, it, it, I mean, every show we've got incredibly talented people uh, from, from New York, from Chicago, from Little Rock often. Mm-hmm. The education that it brings and the experience it brings to the citizens of Arkansas is really wonderful, too. But let's talk about the Tony Awards just for one more second. Okay. So the Tony, <laughs> so if you didn't hear, Will got three Tonys and nominated for five. And you just, like, don't know till they announce it to the world whether you're one of those people that's going to be nominated. But now you're at the Tony. Did you go to the Tonys? Yes. Did you go the Five year times. Patrick Neil Harris was there and he did some of his? I did, yeah. The really outlandish one. I don't remember what year he, that he was. He did a cu- he did a couple of them, but he yeah, I saw I saw them. I saw one. I definitely saw one of the ones he hosted. People, you've got to go to YouTube <laughs> and see. Is this Patrick Neil Harris? Neil Patrick. Harris, Neil Patrick yeah. Harris and see his opening number for the Tony Awards. It getting bigger. It's getting bigger. You know which one I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It just uh, yeah, keeps getting bigger. One. No, you were not. Yeah. Oh, I bet you can sleep <laughs> for two days after that. That's one of those <laughs> adrenaline rushes that, look, he, oh, that's good. Okay, so are you in the audience and they call your name? And or you the got show, to, the show's name. I mean, it's you call the, the show's show. name. Yeah. And do you get to go up or did yeah. you go up? You went up on the Tony Award stage? I did on public? I didn't speak. I sort of stood behind with the kind of what year was throngs that? of suits. Uh, it was 2012, 2013, and 2014. What a run. Did you just think, well, I'm just going to win every year? <laughs> Honestly, at, at, uh, at then a certain point, you you know, you're, that's not why you're doing it. Yeah, I thought you were going to say at a certain point, it's just old hat. Who cares? No. You're, and, you're, you know, you're if it's in commercial theater, you're doing it to put on a good show, but also to make money. What did you do when you left that night? Where did you go party? Uh, 
the shows often have their own parties, um, particularly if they're sort of up for the big award. Um, so the Tonys themselves have a gala that you can um, you can opt into to do that. So I did that one year, uh, but for the most part, go to our you know our little show party um, and with the cast and because they're usually there, the cast is usually there watching. That's so fun. Let's talk about the future of the Rip. You said, and I quote. I couldn't be more excited to join the Rep staff, board, supporters, and audience as we continue its rich tradition of entertaining and inspiring theater in Arkansas. The way this organization has rallied over the past year shows how much the Rep is cherished, and it's an honor to have a role in mapping its future. What do you think people love about the Rep? Because you're going to have to identify that, and you're going to have to build off of it. I think people love professional quality theater that's vibrant and engaging and immediate and intimate uh and i think that we're the best providers of that then why did ticket sales go down there's always going to be volatility uh when it comes to ticket sales when it comes to something like that uh which is why the kind of that 50 percent contribution portion is so vital because uh, without that uh, sort of stability, uh, that, that foundation of support, you can't withstand that volatility that's just natural. I mean, that can be caused for, for all kinds of reasons. You know, like, let's say there's an ice storm that lasts for two months. Well, nobody's going to the theater then. Or you put Shakespeare on. I can't stand to go see Shakespeare. A lot of people, a lot of people love it. <laughs> Not everyone no, loves it. No, I bet if you went and looked at ticket sales, they don't. Uh, you know, and you know, certain shows are more popular with uh, with certain folks than others. Um, and uh, you know, musicals are always popular. Generally, yes, musicals are more popular than, than straight plays. Um, they're also more expensive to do, so it's a bigger risk. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, they're tremendously more expensive. Why? Because you have, to have more orchestra? people, ensembles. We, we, we cost so much to operate because we're a very labor-driven business. Well, that'll kill you. What a, Because you can't get your labor from China. No. And we also can't, you know, we're at a disadvantage to something like making a movie or a TV show. You know, you just have to make one of those once, and then you just continue to distribute it with That's little right. to no cost. Every time we do what we do, everyone's got to be there doing it. And we are limited to the number of people who are literally in the room. That's also, though, why we're special. Like, that experiential nature of it is always going to be better, I think, than watching something on a screen on your couch. You know, Chicago was what you opened up with this season. Yes. Dancers. Dancers. A band. The principles of it. Uh, The musicals are they're a big investment. Set design. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it was good though that was great they were great so i took my grandson to see it because we watched it on tv and then we went to see it he liked those girls half dressed he's eight <laughs> years old <laughs> he's just like i like the plays <laughs> they all like this <laughs> sex and murder and yeah that's right let's talk about the reps you you talk about how busy it is it's it's season is year round is that correct uh, roughly, I mean, it's generally around a, kind of a school year schedule. Um, we are we are kind of experimenting now with also doing things in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, 
Yes, to answer your question, we're basically would that interfere year round. if you did stuff in the summer? Would it interfere with your Smitty educational? Smitty stands for summer. Music. So that actually doesn't exist anymore. Oh. Uh, in that incarnation, we oh. do we do still have a very active education program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has sort of a different format, and um, so if you did plays year round, would it mess with the children going on stage, or do you have another stage they'd go on? Uh, we have we do have multiple performance spaces, um, mm-hmm. and the education thing does have like a basically devoted um, performance space mm-hmm. as well. For example, this summer, this past summer, we we had a kind of education show. We did Willy Wonka Jr. It was one of the best things I've ever seen there. Uh, what do you mean? What do you, who did it? The kids. And they, it was one of your oh, I just love kids. They, they were just incredible. Did a, they did a great show. They were incredible. It was directed by Anna Kimmel, who's our education director, and uh, it was a really, really great show. And so, you know, there there are also kind of opportunities to engage young artists in you know what we do on the main stage as well. You have seventy thousand patrons. Well, sort of define the patrons. time period. I think you, these are you, annually three hundred seventy-seven you know I mean? seats in the theater. Yes. This one got me 200 nights of performances a year. And you're talking about doing it through the summer. To me, that would be smart because that's another income. Yeah. I mean, why not make money three months all every month out of the year? And then uh, 45 world premieres. I, I don't know what those would have been. Uh, I mean, in they, the past. They're, all, they're, all, they're all before me. Yeah. Um, I, I can uh, just off the top of my head, I know that they uh, they premiered uh, the musical because of Win Dixie a few years ago. Duncan Sheik wrote the score for, who I later got to work with on American Psycho. I love York. his music. And uh, you know, going all going back to the the, the mid '80s when they premiered a new musical of the Good Woman of Szechuan that was written by Michael Rice, who's from here and who's actually going to be music directing Bye Bye Birdie that we're doing next next summer. So yeah, they do have a, a history of, of uh, premiering new work. I'm speaking today with Mr. Will Trice, Executive Artistic Director of the Arkansas Repertory Theater in downtown Little Rock. Executive Artistic Director is a new position they made up for you. Am I correct? Yeah, but it's it's not so much a new sort of function. It's kind of a combining and a sort of slight shifting of roles and responsibilities that were that were always there, um, just a which is just a different assignment. So it's, so there's always been an artistic director. And when I think of an artistic director, I think of somebody that works with the set and the actors and decides on the shows and has this artistic influence. But when I think of an executive, I think of someone who's looking at the financial statements, looking at the bottom of the line, seeing where costs have gone up from the pr- prior years. Is that what you mean? <laughs> and so it's fun? both. Um, and um, you know, I would say a, a distinction from from a sort of traditional artistic director is uh, they would often direct productions themselves. Uh, do you do that? No, uh, I mean at least not in the foreseeable future. And so you know, I do have artistic involvement in terms of you know choosing the shows and 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 choosing directors and and people to work with. Uh, but it's not quite as hands-on to actually like directing the shows myself. Is every show directed by somebody different? Yes. All right. So 2020. When does this season end? In the spring? So this, this current one, we have we, we're about to start performances for our final show of this year, which is it's a wonderful life. Uh, and then after the first of the year, we have a sort of mini season of shows. 
uh, that takes us through next summer, and then we'll start the clock back over again with our sort of traditional schedule uh, of shows. So the season is fall. Yeah, it starts in the fall and kind of goes for a year. Um, we the one we're currently in right now because of the of the the shutdown, it was this whole calendar year, which is not our norm. Um, so that's why we're doing a little mini season next year to kind of get us back on track. How far in advance do you plan your season? I'm currently planning the 2021 season. Because they won't let shows overlap with another show in town. Is that correct? So like if somebody wanted to play It's a Wonderful Life, you're like, no, 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 the reps got that. You can't have it. Yeah. So yeah. So so yeah, rights to the shows themselves, rights. there are restrictions to that um, so that, yeah, so you don't cannibalize do you think the rep gets first rights of everybody i think every sort of licensing house has different policies about that sort of thing i know that you know from their perspective we generate more revenue but if a tour is out of a show they're going to take precedence what do you mean if a tour is out of a show so for example like waitress is coming here in february like so well and those rights that show's so new that those rights aren't available anywhere but um but were in an older show but just happened to have a tour they wouldn't let us let us do it for example because that tour is coming through and that tour takes precedence because overall that tour oh, is so generating they would more do it income. on the performance stage at the robinson auditorium yeah i gotcha so because they're touring they would bring it to the performance stage rather than let you do a production of it right so, yeah, because that because that tour is a production that's correct right and so that production because it is a tour is going to take precedence in terms of the of the rights so robinson gets first pick of what goes around because they've got they've or, got touring or the road rights. in general is yeah the road get, yeah and, and then you would be next yeah basically. and then murray's next i think when it gets to that level there's not really a priority thing i think it's whoever gets it first so it's whoever gets there first which is why you're doing 2021 yeah yeah that makes sense but uh, we you know we like i i I know what the Shakespeare folks are doing next summer, and we're friends. We all talk. It's it's a friendly community. That's what I was going to ask. Is it a friendly community, or are there enough are there enough actresses to go actors and actresses to go around? Uh, you know, not for everything. Uh, and you know, we we wind up having to bring a lot of our artists in uh, from New York or Chicago, um, which is not cheap. No. Where do they stay? We have we have we provide housing. That's kind of part of the deal. That's one of our largest expenses, actually. Is it? Um, yeah. So you know, if we're ever able to cast someone locally for a role, we would much prefer that because like we don't have to house them. Uh, but it you know it's just a matter of the roles that we're looking to cast because they all have very you know specific requirements and and are those you know is someone that's perfect for that here? Um, but. Uh, and it's great for the people in Little Rock to get to work with a professional that's come in from somewhere else, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a great thing for our city. So what is your vision for the future? If you can have the rep, if you dream, and I know you dream, when you lay in your bed at night and you're about to fall asleep or you wake up in the morning, you're laying in bed and you're dreaming about what you want the rep to be, what do you want it to be? Uh, from a programming perspective? from any you, perspective well i mean first and foremost like sustainable <laughs> stable uh which is which is uh really that's a that's a tall order for any nonprofit theater in, in any city but much less uh one the size of little rock uh so yeah first and foremost like 
the ability to be sustainable and what does sustainable look like reaching our goals on both the earned revenue ticket side and in the contributions but particularly when it comes to the contributions like we have to have that you want to have kind of philanthropy a lot of people or is it just a few good people oh it's a mix it's a mix it's an ecosystem of uh, contributors and of audience and what do you want the what do you want the stage and the performances to be like uh entertaining (laughs) okay first and foremost yeah because not everything is i'm not like particularly as a producer i'm not particularly interested in like devastating people uh what do you mean devastating well you know like uh, won my second tony for an amazing production of who's afraid of virginia wolf well it's a three-hour show about an alcoholic couple yeah (laughs) like yeah so you know uh and you know maybe maybe at some point we might do something like that uh but you know it's it's like not a good time and I, i think i think particularly right now i you know i prioritize something like being entertaining being a good time within that context can we talk about things that we need to be talking about here uh can we also do things that are you know inspiring um uplifting yeah beautiful beautiful is that weird beautiful you know like beautiful uh artistic yeah um but i think you know first and foremost it's got to be a good night out otherwise what's the point what's a good night out look like i don't you know it's dinner and a show and then you a can't, drink you, you can't know what get I mean? dinner downtown that it's bugs a, it's me a, it bugs the yeah, it I bugs it. me to it. But now, 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 there's there's actually like really good um, food Be- in, near within the vicinity. Like before like, the play, but not after. You get there, out there, at nine, you're ready for a drink and something to eat, and there's nothing open downtown. Yeah, there's some there's some there's some good places a couple of blocks down. Um, when you get to that block where like Samantha's and Allsop and Chapel past and, nine o'clock. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but you do have to walk a couple blocks to get there. Um, I would love it if there were if there was something right on our block that was a good place to um, to grab a drink. We're actually one of the things that we're actively exploring um, is making our own lobby and facility a place that you would stay and have a drink after the show. Great idea. So you know that's creative thinking. Requires a little capital, but uh, 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 so does everything. Yes, but I think that's creative thinking. I'm glad you're thinking out of the box and trying to do it a little bit different. The same, but a little bit different. I've sure enjoyed meeting you, Will. Same. Thank you for having me on. Do we have a gift for Will? Okay, Will, you get a desk set for you to take back and put in your desk since you're an executive. Oh, my God, look at all these flags. (laughs) So there's the base. This is the U.S. flag. It goes in the center, just in case you didn't know. It's always in the press I was a Boy Scout. Oh, good. Uh There's Arkansas. Got it. And there's New York. If I'd have known your husband oh, was from Texas, York. I would have given wow. you a Texas I, I don't one know. Too. Can Arkansas and Texas be in the same pedestal? I don't know. <laughs> so are you going to let me give a, a short little plug for our upcoming season? Yes, do it. We've got three great shows coming up. The first one is uh, is Anne. It's a, a, a story about uh, Governor Ann Richards of Texas, who was a Love hysterical it. woman. She's going to be uh, played by a Tony winner, Emmy nominee, a uh, hysterical woman named Elizabeth Ashley. She was the star of a show called Evening Shade that was set in Arkansas. Uh, after that, we're doing The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. It was an adaptation of a best-selling book. Yes. Very visionary, very design show. Is that a show. children's book? Or uh, is that it's about not? a 15-year-old boy, mm-hmm. uh, but I'd, I'd say it's definitely also an adult okay. show. Um, and it's going to look like nothing we've ever done. Um, but, oh, uh, oh. And 
then in the summer we're doing Bye Bye Birdie. Everybody loves that one. And uh, it's going to feature a uh, playing the teens in that show. There's going to be an ensemble of local teens um, that are going to get to work right alongside, like you mentioned, um, the professionals that are playing the adults. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so that should be really fun. I want to really see the Ann fun. Richards. What's the name of the Ann Richards? It's called Ann. Yeah. She was a character. And I think the ultimate kind of bipartisan figure, you know, a Democratic governor in Texas. You know, That's like true. she brought people together mm-hmm. and uh, did it with cracking one-liners right and left. <laughs> she did. She was great. Um, I want to thank all our listeners for spending time with us today. Thank you again, Will. I've really enjoyed meeting you. Get out and support the Arkansas Rep. Uh, should you buy season tickets or individual season tickets? tickets are on sale right now um, we'll put single tickets for each of the shows um, on sale closer to time but right now you can go to the rep.org and uh, and get a subscription and get the best deals and get free parking and, and do it before he re- i talk him into raising ticket prices even more. <laughs> <laughs> the rep.org uh, i'll see everybody next week until then be brave and keep it up You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select Radio Show, and choose today's guest. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Subscribe to podcasts wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream.